When did you guys deliver? We delivered May 19th. So we were in quarantine for over two months <laughs> prior to the delivery with our three-year-old. So toddler plus end of pregnancy plus quarantine plus both of us working from home was quite an interesting Oof. couple months over here. Yeah, that what a doozy. I feel it in my bones, all of that. A lot of brownies were consumed and cookies and anything to get through the day. Scary fears. Scary fun. Scary mommy speaks. <laughs> we're back for another episode. You know, I just could not stay away. Well, I couldn't either. I'm excited because we have fantastic guests up ahead. We will be talking about labor and delivery during this unpredictable time. That's right. Our nursing expert today is Lachey Wati Haynes, a system clinical nurse. She's going to give us a sneak peek into what to expect when you're expecting to deliver right now. She is also a member of AWAN, which is the Association of Women's Health, Obstetric, and Neonatal Nurses. We'll also get to talk to a couple from New York City who just had a baby and with the help of their amazing nurses, also planned a birthday party for their other daughter while they were in the middle of delivery. Somehow they have the time and the energy to talk to us now. I want to know how they did that because I don't have the time or energy to do it now and I'm not having a baby. My kid's almost three years old and I have no time or energy. I cannot wait to hear their story. Scary Mommy Speaks is brought to you by Huggies, who knows how important it is to hear from moms who are in the same boat. They get it. This is a moment in time where we could all use a helping hug, information from a trusted source, and some levity to brighten our day. Isn't that the truth? Being in isolation, this kind of connection has meant so much. Thank you, Huggies, for making moms feel seen. All right, let's bring on our first guest. She's been practicing in the area of obstetrical nursing for nearly 24 years. She's going to answer all our questions on delivery and labor in the new normal. Lachey Wadi Haynes. Hi, Lachey. Hi. Would you mind kind of giving us an overview of what you do and what your tasks are on a daily basis? Yes. So I am Lachey Haynes, and I'm the system uh, clinical nurse specialist for a large healthcare system here in Atlanta, Georgia. We have 11 hospitals and seven birthing facilities. Essentially, the clinical nurse specialist role is bringing best practice to the bedside. It's knowing what the evidence says so that we can ensure that all of our moms within our healthcare system are receiving the best quality care. How has the delivery experience changed since this whole pandemic began? There have been some changes. I mean, it really isn't changing mom's actual birth experience. I think in her room privately with her support person, that should be the same experience that she's hoping for. There is less visitors coming in and out of the hospital just in general because pretty much our area is really the only area that is allowed to have a support person. Most other places in the hospital, they still are reducing the traffic. And so that makes us special. Can I just ask a quick addendum to that question, which mm -hmm. is where you are, has there always been a support person able to be there or in the beginning was there not? Yes, we always had it where they could have a support person. Yes, absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah, moms yeah, oh, should not nice. be having birth by themselves. From what I've seen across the board, most hospitals are allowing at least that one a support person. 
My friend actually, the first couple of days of lockdown, my friend gave birth by herself and they discharged her the same day because of it. And her husband then picked her up. She had to do it over FaceTime. Oh my goodness. But that's in a New York City hospital. It's crazy. It was the first couple of days. Now they don't do it anymore, but she was a part of that first wave of, oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, it was crazy. And see, New York was hit really, really hard. Very different from everywhere yeah. else. I wanted to ask about preparation that moms should be doing. What should they be preparing? What should go into their birth suitcase? And should they be bringing their own face masks? Anything else moms should know about? So I would say that the best way to answer that question as far as how to prepare is ask questions. I mean, so at each visit, whether they are still going in to actively see their physician or if some are by phone or telemedicine and just have their list of questions so that there are less surprises because across the U.S. things are different depending on where you live. So different hospitals geographically may have very different rules based on that. So for advice for somebody across the U.S., I'm going to say ask questions so that they can get the specifics. And hopefully the hospital has created something. I know for us, we've created kind of like a one pager. Does the hospital have a, a website specifically for women's services where there's maybe some links or pages where they can identify and find maybe some of that information? So as far as uh, if they should bring their own face mask, if they're more comfortable with their own, I think we've been wearing them long enough now, or some people, if they find that they've found a brand or they've purchased something that makes them a lot more comfortable, then I would absolutely say, go ahead and bring your face mask and your family's face mask. But as a patient that has been admitted to the hospital, they're absolutely going to provide you with PPE as an admitted patient into their facility. It's really interesting because the general theme we keep finding is anything you want to know, ask the question, educate Don't yourself on Don't be afraid to it. ask yeah. the question. Yeah. Right. Don't be afraid. Right. Exactly. Do not be afraid. And, and sometimes, right, fear, it's like, oh, do I want to know the answer? But I would say absolutely you want to know the answer, right? Less surprises later. And then that way, a mom can make some decisions for herself as far as maybe that provider delivers at two different facilities. So you may find that West Medical Center isn't maybe the, the most optimal place for you to be, and you'd prefer to be at East Medical Center. You know what I mean? Uh, based yeah. on the answers that you get to those questions. So don't be afraid to ask those questions. That way, you know, you have all the information that you need to really make a good decision about where you're going to deliver. Do all moms get tested for COVID when they get there? And does that include their partner as well? Yes, moms are being offered testing for COVID. And so I would recommend that they do get that test done. We are not testing the partner just because they're the legalities. They're not a patient. The mom that's delivering is the actual patient. So I would suggest that she gets the COVID test. Again, I know that there's that fear of, but what if I'm positive? And now what are the ramifications of that? It, it is really better to know so that you can have the treatment that you need. You want us to be aware and on alert if you are COVID positive so we can ensure that whatever precautions we do need to take, that we're aware of those. If you opt out of testing for a lot of hospitals, then we're treating you as a patient who potentially could have it because we can't rule it out. So like hearing screen, other people coming in and out of the room, birth certificate uh, agency workers that are coming in to help you with some of those things, things like that may all be put on hold if the patient does not get the test for COVID. So again, going back to the ask questions, she wants to make sure she asks, in the event I don't want to be tested, is there going to be anything up front that I need to know about? 
Has anything changed as far as medical staff entering the patient's rooms? Is there less staff? Do they come in less often? What have you found in that circumstance? I would definitely say yes. And then even more so, again, if they don't get the test and they're kind of under maybe suspicion for COVID, then we definitely are going to limit the amount of people that are coming in and out of the room. But I would just say in general, some of the ancillary departments that maybe used to come and visit moms like photography, those kinds of things have been put on hold for right now to limit the amount of people and exposure. A question to add to their list is, are they still doing the hearing screens in the hospital? Mm. If they're using a secondary agency, some of the hospitals have a hearing screen company that comes in to do those hearing screens. They may now be asking moms to do those on an outpatient basis. This is so interesting to hear how it's different in other places. I, I think it's fascinating. What is the PPE like during the delivery for the expectant mother, for her partner, the doula, and for the medical staff? Now that we're testing people, we can be a lot more laxed. We're using our universal precautions where we have our, of course, gloves and masks and shields and things like that. We're all going to be using our PPE and that protective equipment, but we wouldn't have to require mom to wear a mask or anything like that for delivery in her private room. And what about, this is one of my favorite questions, how about the options for virtual visitors? Like, what are all the different options you've seen since you've been helping with births during this time? And is vaginal versus cesarean, is it different options for virtual or is it all the same across the board for hospitals? I think that does vary a little bit. I think some hospitals have pretty strict policies about recording. However, a virtual is not really recording. They're watching it live. So I think that that is really going to be done on a hospital by hospital basis and also the comfort level of the physician. So I would honestly, going back up to the top of that ask questions list, I think that this could be something else for mom to put down there because it really is more of a preference of the physician. Establishing a rapport, and I think something that everybody can really learn out of this is ask questions, even when we're not in COVID. I think patients need to do a little bit more of that. And so I think sometimes people just, like you said, they don't know what to ask. And so, you know, encouraging moms to even go to healthformom.org and look at what are the kind of questions, what things am I to expect, or should I ask my healthcare provider in the first trimester, second trimester, third trimester, to really make sure that you've established a really good relationship with your healthcare provider, and they know the things that are important to you in your delivery so that you can ensure that those things happen. Is the partner allowed to kind of come and go from the hospital after entering for delivery with the mother? No. No. They, once they're in there, they're in. <laughs> they're in there. Right. That is something definitely a mom and dad would want to prepare for in advance. Having to prepare younger children for that expectation of mom will be able to FaceTime you, but you won't see me for this amount of time when I go to the hospital. Dads are not allowed to come and go or support person. I will say that's actually not a bad thing. I think that that is what I think from the perspective as a nurse is that a lot of support people, especially dads. A lot of dads, they don't have paternity leave. I know that that's something that's on the dockets where certain states are looking at that and trying to do paternity leave. But you see more and more dads where baby's delivered and they have to go to work. So I think this takes it out of where the mom doesn't have to be the one putting that pressure on the support person to take off work for two or three days or to not leave the hospital. They are there to support them and that's what they're going to do. I remember I had a C-section, so I had a little bit of a longer stay, and my partner said he wanted to go home and take a shower. And I was like, who in this room doesn't? 
let me tell you, you're staying here with me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So it takes it away where you don't have to worry about that anymore. And, you know, now they, yeah. they, they are not able to do that. One of the positives you just mentioned is that there's more support for the mother without, you know, the partner coming back and forth. But what are other positives to the delivery experience that you've seen right now? I would say when all of this is over, right, I'll be very positive in thinking of all this is just over. We eradicate, right? We're going to eradicate COVID. We're going to get a vaccine. And this is just all be a, a bad dream and that we'll talk about. I would like to see maybe that mom can go back to maybe having those three people for labor because I know birthing experience, I, I wouldn't want to take that away, that birthing experience from cultures and families. But I really think on mother baby, it should always moving forward be one person. And they should not be allowed to leave the hospital. I absolutely think that's what it should be. I think that it would definitely help with breastfeeding rates. A lot of times, just being honest, moms, you know, breastfeeding is affected by the 10 people that are in the room. <laughs> Mom doesn't want to pull out her breast to breastfeed in front of 10 people. She's not good at it yet. It's not like when you have a seven-month-old and the baby can let me at it. I know how to unbutton your shirt and find it on my own. <laughs> a baby's mm-hmm. not able to do that when it's, you know, eight hours old. A lot of times for mom, there's no shirt. We got like both boobs open and exposed and we've got the pillow. We're trying to figure out what's the best position. How does this baby latch? That is what it looks like, right? In those first couple hours of trying to figure out breastfeeding. And I don't think moms realize that. And so she doesn't want to do all of that in front of her visitors. Have you seen that since all of this has begun that breastfeeding has been going better since there's less visitors? Is that something you've noticed? Yes. Breastfeeding, skin to skin, you know, again, not having those visitors allows for more time to get to know your baby, to know the baby's feeding cues, to learn uh, how to change diaper, cord care. I mean, there is so much that mom has to learn in two short days. I think maybe that's the benefit of less visitors so that you really are being able to just have that bonding experience between mom and their support person and that baby. It's really, really great thing to see. What are common concerns you find that women are having? Well, they don't want to get COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That's the only one, right? If they don't already have it, (laughs) they don't want it. And I think to alleviate some of that, I guess one I'll say, neither do we. We're just as judicious about keeping the hospital clean and wiping things down and, you know, all of those things so that we don't take it home as well to our families. We have the same fear that that mom has walking in that room, just like she is going to walk out as a mother. Just know for all of us at the hospital who are mothers and have families at home that we are with you. We are just as concerned about it. Most hospitals now have COVID units. So if that helps a little bit, they typically try to keep them in one area. The second thing is, I will say, as the news had said in the very beginning, and I wouldn't have known this until we started testing all of our moms that are coming in, you know how they said that there are carriers and people that just have it and they won't have symptoms. That is absolutely true. We have moms that come in and they are tested positive and they're like, what are you talking about? I have COVID. I haven't even left my house, but they are positive. So are women being separated from babies as a precaution or only if one of them has COVID and do the newborns always get tested? So right now, I don't think the babies are getting tested right after with the mom. Depends on where they deliver. We haven't had that many that have really opted into separating. What my thought would be, if a mom has COVID, the best thing for her to do for that baby is going to be to breastfeed. Your body develops antibodies. So as that mom has COVID, especially COVID without symptoms, breastfeeding is going to be the best thing for that baby because that means your body has beat it. It's fought it. So essentially your baby has a vaccine that we're trying to develop at the CDC. (laughs) 
right? Because you, you get those immunities. Every infection, every cold, common cold, anything really that you've ever had, that is the serum. That's why we're, you know, we call breast milk liquid gold. And the other pretty amazing thing about breast milk is that your body picks up on germs that are in your baby's saliva. So if the baby has COVID saliva, your body makes immunities and antibodies to help that baby battle whatever infection or anything that that baby has. And so we don't have anything available that can do that outside of mom and her milk of gold. I remember reading that when I was preparing and for having a baby and I was like, whoa, mind blown. <laughs> it's like we're amazing scientific instruments constantly, you know, changing up what we need for our baby. It's, it's amazing. And what if your baby needs to go to the NICU? What should one expect? It would be the same uh, process. You know, again, if she's not um, COVID positive, then she's able to come and visit the baby. Whoever's banded as a support person is able to come and see the baby into the NICU. So that way she can still breastfeed and put her baby uh, skin to skin. Just the skin to skin in itself helps regulating baby's temperature. It helps with bonding, decreases postpartum depression rates and things like that, because it really helps mom's hormones to regulate and baby. And as far as just separating them in a normal newborn nursery, that's going to depend on the layout of that facility. But for the most part, most of our facilities have moved into what the evidence suggests, and that's mother baby couplet care. What are the most important questions an expecting mom should be asking about their delivery? Like if I could do like a checklist. So I think specifically for the hospital that I am expected to have my baby out, what are the major changes that I should expect at, at this facility. I definitely recommend that moms do take a breastfeeding class and a childbirth class if it is their first baby. And so with COVID, a lot of hospitals have moved those classes to online. And that may also answer some of their additional questions and maybe in some of that online education. Where are they entering in the hospital when their visitor comes? Are they able to leave or are they expected to stay there the entire time just so they can prepare for that and make sure that the visitor has enough clothes, that we're packing, you know, a suitcase for both mom and for their support person before because dads could come and go. We just didn't think about that. Maybe even asking about their internet access. Is it a hospital that does have good internet access, especially for people that are really going to be counting on using FaceTime and things of that nature? Are they discharging early? because of maybe other siblings at home or so that there aren't any surprises there. Are there going to be any changes to their birth plan? Is there anything that they may really have set as a priority for their birthing experience and maybe picking those one or two top things and asking and making sure that those things will still be accommodated in this situation? It's amazing. Well, thank you so much. This has been so incredibly helpful. Oh, you're welcome. Don't you feel like nurses have a way of just putting you at ease? They really do. And, you know, our upcoming guests can absolutely confirm that. This next segment is a feel-good dose of helping hugs brought to you by Huggies. Mike and Debbie just had a baby and are doing wonderfully despite all of the challenges. Like the challenges of including family when there are social distancing guidelines. But they managed to include family and even throw a birthday party for their three-year-old the day after she delivered. Whoa. Hi, Debbie and Mike. Thank you for taking time. You just had a baby and you're here talking to us. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. So like us, you're here in New York City handling the situation and having babies. We are. Yeah. It's been quite an interesting one. Yeah. It's a uh, thrill a minute here. Never a dull moment. 
When did you guys deliver? We delivered May 19th. So we were in quarantine for over two months <laughs> prior to the delivery with our three-year-old. So toddler plus end of pregnancy plus quarantine plus both of us working from home was quite an interesting couple months over Oof. here. Yeah, that what a doozy. I feel it in my bones, all of that. A lot of brownies were consumed and cookies and anything to get through the day. What did you both individually find to be the most memorable part of the birth? And how do you imagine telling your birth story in 20 years from now? Because you certainly will have a unique one. I think, well, speaking of our three-year-old, so this birth story happened one day prior to our daughter turning three, which this baby was actually about five days late. So we kind of went into the pregnancy knowing I could have close birthdays, but thinking this baby would come a little earlier than she did. So beyond just the coronavirus issues and wearing a mask during the whole thing and all the kind of PPE that was going on, we were in a mode of let's have this baby so we can get home for our our other daughter's birthday. So that was kind of really memorable and different about this delivery. That's kind of my most memorable part of this whole experience. It was it was a crazy 48 hours. I mean, I had trouble planning my daughter's first birthday and I yeah. have no excuses. She's my only one. So <laughs> kudos to you. And it wasn't during challenging times either. Right. right. So kudos to you on so many levels sooner than 20 years down the line when we're talking to our second daughter being like you couldn't just sort of be on time to not make the whole birthday thing <laughs> oh especially crazy. if she's continually late as yeah. a young adult you're definitely going to use that one right exactly to the point about the birthday debbie being an awesome person she woke me up the next morning as calmly as possible before dawn and was like hey just so you know, I'm like, oh my God, what's happening? Why are you so calm? <laughs> She's like, just so you know, I'm in labor, I think. But tomorrow is Harper, our older daughter's birthday. So uh, I may, I'm making a cake right now. <laughs> like the sun's not up yet though. So she was already thinking ahead to Harper's birthday and baking a cake in the pre-dawn hours before then going to the hospital to deliver a baby. So she was baking a cake while in labor. That is some hero mom stuff if I've ever heard it. <laughs> Flash a little bit of mom guilt, but yes. <laughs> I, was, I knew I had she had to have a cake for her birthday. So that is very impressive, Debbie. May we all <laughs> aspire to be as super mom as you. <laughs> Thank you. And no one ate it before. That's also <laughs> kind of a, a miraculous thing. That's true. That's true. And part of the story is that we did get home in time on Wednesday night to blow out the candles with her and all of that fun stuff. So how did you manage to still plan a birthday party with all of this other stuff going on? Well, luckily, our daughter is very sure of her decisions. And in <laughs> April, she told me she wanted a kitty cat birthday. So I know that she does not change her mind once she makes up her mind. So I just ordered a bunch of kitty cat decorations on Amazon. <laughs> so we had everything in the house and coronavirus, it was going to be kind of like a Zoom family birthday anyways. We definitely wanted to make sure she was going to have something special. I was not intending to go into labor the day before, but... <laughs> Were any cats in attendance on Zoom at the party? <laughs> no cats, actually. I don't know where she got yeah, the, the kitty cat theme from. <laughs> 
I don't know that she's ever has she ever even met a cat. I honestly like, don't, we don't think so. Kitty cat. <laughs> yeah. That explains a lot. That explains the love for the cat, right? Because yeah. well, I feel like once you meet a cat, you don't love them that much, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, what part of the labor turned out differently than you would imagined after watching the news and all the reports from hospitals that were dealing with COVID? When we got there and checked in, you know, they kind of took us to our room right away. Since we weren't like being induced or C-section or anything like that, we had to take the COVID test right when we got there. And the nurses and doctor all had to be in full PPE until that test came back. So I want to say we took the COVID test about four hours prior to our daughter actually being born, maybe a little more than that, but we didn't get the results back until after she was born. So the full time that we were in labor, all the nurses and the doctors were in the face shields double masks, and the more PPE, like clothing or whatever, Um, which you could tell was it was a little bit harder to like hear them and communicate with them through all that. Like I just couldn't hear as well with everything going on, but pretty normal. Other than that, I did keep the mask on the entire time, including during the pushing, which was a little crazy. Not easy. No, not easy. You're so focused on the pushing that there was times I forgot I had the mask on, but it definitely didn't make the situation any easier small price to pay to just make sure everyone in the room stays healthy. Was there any special moments with a nurse or a doctor that's memorable to you? The nurse that was with us, she was super supportive, like during the epidural and helping me breathe. And then the nurse, like immediately after the delivery, I think I had gotten my test back that I was negative right after the delivery. So she was kind of like, take your mask off. She was taking pictures of us, which was great. She was asking us what the baby's name was. And we had two names that we had left on the table, I guess. And one of them was actually her daughter's name, which is the name we ended up going with 12 hours later. But it was kind of like a cool, like, oh, that was one of our names, you know? There was a nurse over the night shift. She was pregnant as well. I think she was 34 weeks. We were talking about just like delivering and pushing with the mask on. She had a three-year-old and a four-year-old at home. Wow. And I was like, you are superwoman. You're working the night shift. I'm sure you're coming home to two toddlers that need your attention. She was just so amazing and she was so cool about it. So she was like, basically, I'm going to prep the day nurse so that you can have all your tests lined up by the time your baby is 24 hours old so that you can go home and celebrate the birthday. So everyone was super cool about it. I love that the nurses even helped with your daughter's birthday party. They were integral in getting you home to help you with your daughter. They were. And the nurse that discharged us was so amazing. She... She First of all, she gave me a, a shopping bag of the supplies that we all know you need. What's up, Huggies? And walked, yeah, yeah, what's up? There was a lot of those in there. She actually walked out of the hospital with me with all my stuff. So we greeted our three-year-old. Mike brought the three-year-old outside the hospital so that she could meet the baby. And we have adorable videos of her just jumping for joy in kind of the hospital courtyard or whatever. The nurses really were great. I think, to Debbie's point, they really did sense that we were a little bit bummed out that our families couldn't be there or be here to experience this. The nurses picked up on that and were really respectful of us being on FaceTime with them pretty much constantly and them being very, very supportive in terms of having Debbie and I be together during that moment and saying, you know, you can step up and it's okay. Like you can be there and just being clear that that still was okay because we were all, we had protection on and, and that whole thing. So And then I kept saying, and the joke kept falling flat in the delivery room where I was like, what could be more painful than the partner having to get a nose swab for COVID during the childbirth process? Yeah, I can see why that didn't go over very well. (laughs) 
Um, and that's when I think the nurses came pretty uh, close to kicking me out of the room. <laughs> he kept referring to it as the most painful thing he's ever experienced. <laughs> Michael, a wise man once said, know your audience. And by the way, again, Debbie's a hero. Debbie was going through a contraction when she had her nose swab. So <laughs> she handled it very, like, she's a champion. Debbie, what was worse, the nose swab or full-on childbirth? Full-on childbirth, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I did ask for an epidural for my nose swab, but um, that but Mike, was not. Mike loved um, loved his little nose swab joke. He complained about it pretty much the rest of the week. How painful the COVID. Little was. Ava, when she is a twenty-something-year-old woman, will probably be discussing this ongoing dad joke at that point of her life. Oh yeah. Oh, I didn't even yeah. think about that. That's yeah. my legacy. That's my legacy, man. What would you both say to other parents who are going through this right now? I would really empower parents to ask a lot of questions of their doctor and have the faith that it's going to work out. And I would say, I think anyone who's still going through it now, I think things are, have gotten a ton better. And, you know, the healthcare workers have been going through this. So rely on the nurses and the doctors to help you get through it because they've been there. They've been with moms since the beginning of all of this and before all of this. And they're all, you know, super understanding that this is a weird time for everybody. And it's nice to see people helping people and coming together. It might be a little different than what you expected or thought or planned. But at the end of the day, you get your your baby. That's really all that matters, right? For all the worry and the stress that went into it beforehand, it went really smoothly, despite all of the craziness going on. So we feel very lucky and we want to make sure people can hear our story in case they are stressed out. Thank you both so much. Happy birthday to Ava and Harper. And we're so glad that you actually ended up having a beautiful experience. Thank you guys for caring about our story. The little baby sounds are the best. I got vomited on big time in the middle of that. Oh, no! um... Are you serious? Wow, delivering a baby can be so overwhelming. And it's amazing that there are nurses who are so incredible. They're not only helping you deliver your baby, they're also helping you plan your kid's birthday party and getting you out of the hospital in time so you can make it there for your third birthday. They're just incredible people and they can really make all the difference in the process. Having the support of those nurses and doctors must have really helped because it's overwhelming when your parents, your friends, your family can't be there. And even though we are apart, Ashley, we got to stay together. Uh, you know, I couldn't agree more. And that's why I'm excited to say we have more of these wonderful stories for moms like you who are all going through it. And more amazing experts from A1 to answer our questions. Next up is Managing Our Mental Health with Heidi Fantasia, associate professor at the University of Massachusetts Lowell and board-certified women's health nurse practitioner. I can't wait for that one. A big thank you to Huggies for partnering with Awan, who's connected us to so many experts in the field. See you next time. All right, mamas, thank you so much for joining us today. We had a blast. If you love this show, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts to help more moms find us. And if you want more Scary Mommy, be sure to subscribe to Scary Mommy Speaks wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want even more Scary Mommy, subscribe to Scary Mommy TV on YouTube. Scary Mommy Speaks is a Sub Spider production. 
This episode was produced by Dorothy Abrams and Julie Katakis. Edited by Dorothy Abrams. Music provided by Audio Network. Don't forget, we want to hear from you. So email your comments to speaks at scarymommy.com. Scary Mommy Speaks. <laughs>